There's 108 such references to Night Court, embedded in the hours of zombie takeout. Welcome to episode 497 of Zombie Take, the B-Moving Cult Movie Show. I'm John. And hello, I'm Scotto. And without any further ado, on to this week's movie, which is from 1983, The Keep. Of course, that brings us to the impromptu plot summary, sponsored by that thing you're not supposed to touch. You're crying out loud, don't fucking touch it. Yeah, just stay away from it. What's, what's the fucking problem? And uh, also brought to you by Molisar. When you absolutely, positively have to kill every last motherfucking Nazi in the past. Except no substitutes. Alright. So we have the uh, the Nazis, uh, 1941. Oh man, the world is their oyster. Uh, you know, they're, they're... But they're getting... These guys are not the people being sent to the front. They're just being sent to some boring medieval... Or early middle age or i don't know what era this would be from <laughs> this building synthesizers were around way before i thought they were <laughs> uh and yeah what a weird choice <laughs> mm. but uh but uh i'll do respect to tangerine dream dream it was just a weird choice it uh and uh these uh nazis are stuck in this kind of backwoods thing and uh Instead of a cabin in the woods, this, it's this, a, you know, a hole in the wall village in Romania. It's a giant fortress with that contains a giant fortress, the the titular keep. Yes, and uh, they are. They, uh, I guess the the Nazi headquarters figured out that this was probably the best place to secure. You wouldn't want any enemy taking this over and being there. So they send this detail there to set up uh, a garrison just in case mm. the, the Allies invade there. Well, they start discovering some strange things right from the bat. The, first off, that the, the, just the way it's built, I, I think the, the officer realizes right away that it's mm. not really to keep enemies yeah. out. It's to keep something in. Yeah, but there's nothing in it. It's not for locked these... in there with them. They're locked in there with it. Exactly. Except for these caretakers, well, this caretaker and his sons, and you know, he's the mildest harbinger mm -hmm. you'll ever see. Yeah, I, I was thinking he was going to be a harbinger, but then, yeah, he was just kind of chill. He was very matter-of-fact, except when it came to touching the crosses. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. But it, but it was just, you know... There's the, no one stays here. We're like, well, who forbids it? Uh, you just don't want to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, they don't take the hint. They fuck around and they find out hmm. because this thing has been housing a demon for centuries, and uh, they they play with the cross and uh, they start losing people pretty quickly. Don't touch uh, the dirty crosses. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of horny teenagers, it's Nazis. It's arrogant Nazis. Oh, I was going for the Finster. Don't touch the dirty money reference. All right, right. <laughs> Don't it's touch arrogant. the dirty crosses. There's silver crosses. But the uh, so 
the only person, of course, that uh, they claim that knows anything about this, well, they sent him to a concentration camp. Uh, it's kind of a ruse to get him out because it seems <laughs> like the priest that said this knew damn well what was going on here. <laughs> but sent this anyway just to get uh, uh, the village that was uh, the villager who was Jewish <laughs> free. Yeah. And uh, so th- that kind of works. Uh, he first thinks he's coming in and they're just doing some sort of Hogan's Hero scheme to uh, have this, like, uh, how did you write that on the wall? You know, the words that they were trying to translate. And then the priest tells him he didn't. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so, uh, as more Nazis die, the, uh, well, the Third Reich decides they're going to send the SS in and really fuck things up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there's villagers, the caretaker who knows more about the place. They just wind up killing people at random, thinking that it was villagers who were doing somehow mutilating and blowing people up that quickly and and that uh, <laughs> silently. And this really looked like a medieval village when they pulled in. Sure, sure. No, no way they'd have the capability of overtaking people with automatic weapons Mm. (laughs) fully armed you know fully trained uh nazis who had already been battle tested Mm. and uh yeah they're somehow just uh charring their bodies that they can barely be remained uh so it turns out this demon had been captured by this um I don't know if he's an angel, if he's a wizard, hmm. but uh, he's uh, this guy who's, for some reason, in several countries over. Yeah. Uh, he get he. Random uh, American dude, w- who bleeds green apparently. Right. He mentally receives the information that the demon has been released, so he starts heading over. Um, Oddly enough, they didn't cut some of his trip out, <laughs> even though they cut so much of this film out, from what I understand. I'll be getting to that right after the plot summary. <laughs> the scene with, they have a scene with him sailing for, like, a weird amount of time. <laughs> like, really? They didn't, they didn't cut that. But uh, he uh, sails over, fucks the uh, professor's daughter, kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> and then, of course... They have the big confrontation. Um, the professor, of course, um, the the Jew that was retrieved from the concentration camp, uh, starts, of course, siding with the demon because the demon is, you know, killing Nazis. And uh, so the demon rewards him for collaborating with him by uh, clearing up his disease, his ailment. And uh, the, the he sides with them to try to get this uh, angel or wizard uh, arrested by the Nazis to get him out of the way and to uh, take this talisman that's been stored somewhere in the keep so this demon can finally leave. And, um, well, then you get this, uh, what does God need with a child sacrifice? And uh, there can be only one, Mm. but hilarity ensues. It did look very Highlander. It did. He, he, he took a lot from this. 
Now, this was an adaptation of a 1981 novel of the same name by Paul, or by F. Paul Williams. Almost said uh, Paul F. Thompson, Tompkins there. <laughs> Michael Mann, the director's original cut of the movie, was 210 minutes long. Yeah. It was cut down to two hours by the studio, but then test screenings uh, did not go well, and Paramount cut it down to 96 minutes less than half of the original runtime against man's wishes and uh and it you know there's cutting some of it there's no mm. re- need to have you could take it down to two hours yeah. and it probably still would have passed but two I hours mean, is probably a reasonable cut but. right but a lot of this like doesn't make sense <laughs> These last-minute cuts resulted in many plot holes, continuity mistakes, and very obvious jumps in the soundtrack and scenes, and some editing issues. Even the sound mixing of the movie could not be finished properly because of Paramount's interference, which is why every version of the movie suffers from bad sound design. Uh, okay, that explains it, because that is in my notes. Like, there's, there's sound effects that are mm-hmm. just really weird and, like... Yeah. That just really bad, even for that time. This is the <laughs> same year as Return of the Jedi, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> you would not guess that if you just watched the two movies side by side. Now, I like that percussive opening music. Not what yes. I would expect from Tam- Tangerine Dream. It, it's almost industrial. Yeah. After, yeah. like, the, the thunder and the drums, and it's just like, it's only 1983, and they're yeah. doing, like, an industrial <laughs> kind of thing. But that opening drags. They really take a long time driving into the village. I mean, they could have cut some of that out, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's kind of, you know, that, that dialogue is really important, though, because it is the, uh, it is the hubris, you know? Oh, I'm talking about before there's any dialogue. Oh, okay. Just the, the opening music and the drive into the village, and before anybody says a fucking word, it's okay. like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been better to have cut, wouldn't it have? Uh, just put credits over the movie starting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that dialogue at the beginning is is something because oh, yeah. the, the... What? I'm, I'm just agreeing, yeah. It is important. The, the, the kid saying that, you know, he'd rather be on the Russian front, which if you've mm-hmm. watched Hogan's Heroes yeah. ever, it, you know, sending someone to the Russian front is kind of a punishment yeah. because yeah. that's a few years later in the war. And things go sideways very mm-hmm. fast well, there. They didn't understand the concept of Russian winters. Right. <laughs> I did study their Napoleon. Who knows? And as I mentioned, you know, we have all these synthesizer music, which does not make sense in a movie set during World War II. But then we get to the keep, and the entrance looks very modern. With the, uh, the entrance oh. to the keep itself, it's very modern yeah. looking. It, it's a very weird-looking building for, you know, what they're doing with it. But and We see the interior. I'm like, what's with all the T's? Because <laughs> these supposed crosses look like T's. The South Park thing. It means lowercase T. It means time for you to leave. <laughs> the angles, particularly in that beginning, very Kubrick. I think man was deliberately going for a Kubrick vibe. Yes, definitely. Now, you mentioned the caretaker, the the um mellow harbinger yes <laughs> now it's to their credit um the actor um 
What's his name? Um, the actors who were playing the Nazis, um, Jürgen Prochnow, that's it, played the main, the good Nazi. Yes. Um, the Nazi with the heart of gold. They're trying to do German accents. That's fine. Even Gabriel Byrne trying to do a German accent. Yeah. It's in Romania. We get to the caretaker. He's just straight up American. Maybe Canadian. <laughs> Accents are always been a funny thing in like older movies, you know. It was just kind of whatever, whatever you want to do, pretty much. And if it's a consistent choice, that's fine, you know. I I don't have a problem with not attempting an accent as long as that is a consistent thing throughout the movie. Nobody tries an accent. But There's when you a while where it was just British accents where yeah. everybody like right. any well, other country. I mean, Lucas set that standard. You know, Brits are evil. Um, oh, I think that's long before him. You know, all those Roman movies and just, I mean... Yeah, true. Now, the shit starts to hit the fan when these two Nazis try to pry one of these silver crosses off of the wall. <laughs> and, of course, that loses the demon. Yeah. Wouldn't gold have made more sense? I wonder why they, they went with silver nickel. I mean, silver bullet, maybe? Silver stake, maybe they're, they're kind of going for that vibe. I think there was kind of a confusion as to whether, they, well, he said they were nickel, but then they find one that they believe is silver. Yeah. Which, yeah. of course, I'm not sure how one would determine one from, from the from other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, if they're going to get greedy and, you know, be prying these crosses off the wall, it just make, would make more sense if they were gold. But, I mean, you're hard up for cash. I get that. Um, and of course, a lot of World War II was about plunder in mm -hmm. the end. Yeah. However, when there's something glowing, <laughs> <laughs> and this is before the age of, you know, uh, you know, cr the liquid crystal, you right, know, right. electricity, you know, it's just glowing on its own like that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be all like, yeah, let's take that. And you have this supposed demon killing Nazis. <laughs> Who's the good guy? Right. They make it tough to figure out who to root for. The release was cool. Like, oh, those early effects. I mean, they were cheesy 80 effects, but 80s effects, but I, I enjoyed them. There were some really bad effects in here, though. Like, stuff you couldn't even really tell what was going on. Mm hmm. From what I understand, the person in charge of visual effects died in the middle of production. Yeah, or... I think I read about, read about that, yeah. And it left them really, I don't know, it left mm -hmm. them up the creek without a paddle here. Yeah. In fact, I think they said that's why the finale is so fizzled, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there should have been, you know... The Nazis should have been punished a lot more than right. they did yeah. in the end. Speaking but... of which, you know, that initial release, we see two Nazis get killed. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, it's revealed that five were killed that night. Three were killed off camera. Yeah, it just uh, it was just fucking running around. Wild. <laughs> Most of the kills at that point are off camera. Yeah. Way to make a horror movie. <laughs> And then what about that pullback shot where they finds, like, the abyss? Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm not sure if it's just because my screen w had the window too small, but I could not see shit. Yeah, yeah. 
And then we go to this concentration camp for no apparent reason. Oh, it was to get a... I understand ultimately you figure out why, but at first it's a very jarring scene. It just kind of establishes Ian McKellen as this linguist who they want to bring in to try to decipher these runes. I like that whole thing. Well, the only guy is, uh, you know, well, he's not here. He's wherever you guys sent him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You fucking idiots. (laughs) And then once the demon is released, we get Scott Glenn's character, who I first thought was like a sleeper agent for the demon. Yeah. (laughs) And I I read a little bit about this whole series and how, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's like this... You know, it, the two of them fought centuries before mm-hmm. this, and he's the one that built this keep and everything. Uh-huh. But why he's not near the keep, why he doesn't stay there, yeah. I don't know. It makes no sense. He's in Wanders the Wanders the earth like Kane from Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, but at this point, there are these three seemingly disconnected storylines. The sleeper agent, the demon, and this priest who's trying to release this, you know, Jewish guy and his daughter, McKellen's character and his daughter, from this concentration camp and, and using the Nazis to do that. Yeah, the the Nazis are pretty much patsies. <laughs> <laughs> the random rape scene did not age well. It it was a uh, a very fast rape and mm. then it's a rape that, you know, it goes really sideways, though, in all fairness. Well, the demon saves her. Yes. The demon, once again, being the hero of the film at this point. Right. It's very confusing. The demon is kind of the good guy. <laughs> I did enjoy McKellen's de-aging, because his character kind of starts out at the age he is now. Yes. And the makeup people nailed it. I yeah. mean, he looks like... Pretty much. This stage, I'm like, wait a minute, was he ever young <laughs> at first? They de-age him, and it seems like he's possessed by the demon. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a great performance. One thing I have to give this movie, the performances are solid across the board. Yeah, definitely. It's a great cast. Jürgen Prochnow, Gabriel Byrne, McKellen, Scott Glenn. Yeah, Prochnow especially. You know, I know I've seen him in thing, other mm-hmm. things, yeah. but I've never noticed him really until this. That speech he gives to Byrne at the very end when it's just the two of them left <laughs> it's just gold <laughs> just the what are you gonna find here <laughs> i would love to see the director's cut me too it doesn't exist but i would i wish i could see it because i feel like there is a legitimately great movie here definitely that they just Basically, they took it, folded it up like those snowflakes, like those paper <laughs> snowflakes. They did that to this movie. Because the whole thing, like where the the movie really goes off the rails the most, I think, is when Scott Glenn hooks up with Eva. The dog. You know? Yeah. I was just getting to that. None of that makes any fucking sense. She apparently has some connection to this guy who is possessed, at this point we think possessed by the demon, and they fuck, like, yeah. two scenes after the rape. It's and, and, like, they just meet each other, and it's just kind of like, he says, uh, you know, you'll have to stay with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like it. 
Like, wait, what? And the sex scene is like demonic tantra. Yes. It's weird. Um, it's basically tantra, but with like a red filter. Um, I, the only thing you could assume is he has some sort of mind control powers. Mm-hmm. Because he do, they do establish a little bit, like he gets past guards, right, right. who are you know, yeah, these aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> then back to the demon who is apparently building a body from the Nazis that he's killed. Holy shit! I didn't realize you're right. Yeah, he's taking that matter and building and energy and you know building its own body. Oh, that makes sense now because he you know the whole light taking out of the you know yeah. sucking light mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of sucking light in this first time we see his body there's no skin it's like slim good body or if you've seen attack on titan the colossal titan very much the colossal titan i think aot ripped off this movie and then he's like a smoke creature mm-hmm. well he's a smoke creature first that's when he saves her from the rape oh yeah he's a smoke creature then but like before that he's just light yeah, before then, and then later we see him without any skin, kind of slump good body, colossal titan vibe. Um, and I, I like the idea of a demon that's anti-Nazi. <laughs> but then the priest turns all anti-Semitic and starts, like, you know, going off on McKellen's character. That comes from out of nowhere, practically. Yeah. That, that is like, that there's something missing in the scenes. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I, I think I can only guess the priest figures out that he's working with the demon. Mm-hmm. But uh, Robert Prosky, by the way, I think like uh, Hill Street Blues, you know. Okay. He did look familiar. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and the demon's final form is like this muscle bound thing. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Um, I liked the big triumphant music when McKellen is carrying the relic away. And the relic is just like a green flashlight. <laughs> yeah, basically. A flashlight with like a green filter over it's it. It's a grill shaped beacon. It was like, oh God, man. <laughs> what happened here, guys? And his slow motion walk through the hallway with lined with all the T's. <laughs> That was just so, like, 80s music video. It just gets beautifully weird at the end. Yeah. I just, that whole end of, uh, I mean, McKellen goes mm-hmm. way over the top. Oh, the yeah. Tactic-wise. But all I keep thinking was, excuse me, but what does God need with yeah. a starship? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, I mean, if someone's going to go over the edge, over the top, you want it to be someone like McKellen. Yeah. Who can deliver. Um, and then we get the demon's heel turn. You know, he's good and anti-fascist, and then you find out he wants to be freed from the keep so he can, like, destroy the town and take over the world. Right, he just wants to take Hitler's place and do yeah, the same basically. thing. Basically, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a but, nice swerve, I didn't see it coming. Which is kind of sad, you know, like, yeah, but this is, like, the answer, you know? And it's like, no, no, it is not the answer, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can almost say it's like... um you know, symbolic of atomic energy, yeah, you know, true, true. that what, what did what did we do to end the war? You know, what did we do to ourselves? Mm-hmm. What did we give up? Right, right. And the demon did the worst thing to McKellen at the end. He, uh, he made him look like Peter Cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that final battle was so thoroughly 80s. 
Yeah. It's just a big light show. Uh, and yeah, again, it just kind of it just goes by so quickly. It's like kind of like a little like fizzle, and then like a oh oh okay, mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> the ending is just very anticlimactic and. And fun fact, uh, the uh, actor that played Molossar was also in another movie that year. Okay. Michael Carter. Huh. Sounds he's familiar. Bib, he's Bib Fortuna. Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. Wow. <laughs> huh. Interesting. And how crazy do you have to be to release like a fantasy movie around the same time as Return of the Jedi. Mm. Now, Return of the Jedi didn't perform as well as, you know, the original Star Wars, but still, how do you know it's not gonna? <laughs> I mean, it grossed more money, but mm. it wasn't the whole, like, oh my god, we need to keep this in the theater for, like, a year and a half, right, like the original right. Star Wars was. And now I gotta see what, other, what else Michael Carter has done. Just to see if he's done anything without, like, a ridiculous amount of makeup. <laughs> You know, was he like the proto Doug Jones? I I don't think they brought him back for uh, Boba Fett, which was weird. You know, they mm. they had Bib Fortuna in Boba Fett, but yeah. I don't see it in his credits. Well, he was probably too old by that point. He's still acting. He's in. I think he's uh, he's in House of Dragon right now. Oh, okay. So he has done something else without he's like King, a ridiculous amount of makeup. He's King Jaharis. I haven't seen House of yeah. Dragon yet, so. I, watch part of the first episode in belt um no sequels or remakes of, of, the, of course you know um, what i'd like to see um i'd like to see them take the original cut or as much mm-hmm. of the original cut as they can without making it dull yeah and doing like what they've done with the star trek original series just redo the special effects yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if the original cut exists like i checked and it looks like it is lost to history is man like, still around? Oh yeah, he's still active. I th- well, I think he's retiring soon. Because I, I would love to see him take another shot at it. He, you know, and, and the writer blamed him for this, but I mean, uh-huh. I think he wrote something about like a director who like cut somebody's you know art. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it was clearly the studio. Yeah, it looks like it's all Paramount's fault that savaged this, and. Yeah, the, there's something called Tokyo Vice. He's just producing. I don't think he's directing okay. anymore. Uh-huh. But uh, they could easily do a remake of this somehow, yeah, though. Yeah. I, it, there's a six-book series, you know? You're right, and I just... I, I, I didn't think about this thoroughly enough, because the minute you say they could easily do a remake, Del Toro. Yeah. This Actually, I think, screams I think it's Del Toro. seven books now. I'm not really sure if the books really go together that well, though. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just looking at the outline of the whole thing, it looks like he kind of wrote some separately, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden smacked them together, kind of thing. Yeah. Have with man, other books. have man meet up with Del Toro, give him the notes, tell him what the vision was. Del Toro <laughs> could knock this out of the fucking Del park. Del Toro would would be awesome for this, definitely. And uh, yeah, <laughs> on the brains, on the brains. I've been, you know, criticizing and calling it a mess, but I loved the mess that this turned into. Yeah. Once it was butchered, I'm going five. It's it's a mess with flaws, and but you got to see it. It's it's a four brain movie for me easily. And what have you learned? 
Yeah, you know, even a demon held captive for centuries hates Nazis. <laughs> and I learned to never touch crosses. Never touch another man's cross. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for the keep. Until next time, we'll be reviewing Soylent Green. This was a last-minute substitution. Your idea, because you find out you found out it is set in 2022. So we want to get to it, you know, in one of our right. last chances. Right, we've got two shots left. <laughs> Until then, of course, always remember to never forget, wherever you go in life, there you are. There you are.